Hi, and welcome to another edition of Menopause Buddies. Today I'm joined by Amanda. Amanda was an HR executive, but she's now recently changed careers as a result of her menopause journey. And she's now a life coach, and her company is called Pause and Empower. Hi, Amanda. Hey, Annie. How are you doing? I'm very well, and you? Very well, thank you. Living my best life, as they say. Brilliant. Well, do you want to tell us a little bit about that, how it came about? How I managed to change, yeah. No yes. Worries. No, I guess, so I'm 47 at the moment, and I've been on HRT for about a year. Um, it was probably about two years ago, and I was working, I was doing a contract, and I was <laughs> I was working with a lady that I now realise was also going through the menopause but hadn't acknowledged it at, back at the time I hadn't either so it got to the point where basically we were both quite spacey we were both not communicative that well we were probably having you know sort of mood swings and we'd have these conversations where she'd tell me what to do I'd go away do it come back and she told me she hadn't done it but I said I've written this down and she said well I didn't say that in the first place so it was it was a really crazy sort of six months of us going around in circles and me getting a bit of work done so I knew from that something was up. And that's kind of when I went sort of to the doctors and got my um, sort of asked about HRT. Um, I thought I didn't really know that much about HRT, um, menopause in general, because none of my friends had talked about it, funnily enough, up until this point. So um tried to get the doctor to give me some HRT. They told me to go away and use evening primrose for six months. I said, no, I'm going pretty much crazy. Like my brain is all over the place. I can't hold down a job because I was actually... I've, I've always been a contractor and done sort of six to 12 months, sometimes 18 month gigs. However, from about, I'd say about two years ago, maybe three, just after, just before COVID, and then I think really kicked in during COVID, I just, I wasn't able to hold down a job. Um, my brain fog was pretty terrible. I would forget what I was saying in the middle of meetings. I would, I would forget to put um, things in my diary. So they just completely thought I was a space cadet and I lost a few things. The last contract I did lose, and the irony of this one is not lost on me, I actually implemented a menopause policy. Oh, right. But still couldn't, you know, so you've got all these, and I think that's what's happening at the moment with all these companies. They're putting in these policies, but they're not actually training their staff to understand what menopause really is. So I lost my that job due to um, brain fog predominantly. And I just thought to myself, well, I've been doing this now for 25 years. I've never lost a contract. Let me think about what I want to do. And I got a life coach myself and just thought, yeah, this is kind of what I like best. It's it's seeing people that want something and helping them get it. That would be really up my street. So, yeah, I've set up a business called Pause and Empower. And we work, what well, I work with, because it's a sole trader company, I work with specializing menopausal folks um, pre, post, in the middle. Although I think in the middle you're at one day, isn't it? It's one day you're you're actually menopause all the day you stop yeah. period um and also people that are struggling with four generational working which i also think affects us menopausal women because we're that sort of age so not only we're we going through menopause but life's tough enough but we've got a this four generational working working with all these you know generation z's that think differently so i think we've got a real handful of things that we've got to contend with and i just thought to myself I'm the sort of person that needs help and I just couldn't find it. So hence the reason I've set up the coaching business is to help people like myself. Because now I've now I've done the coaching and now I'm setting up, I really do feel like I'm having a lovely life. I've recently soireed into Instagram, which 
I'm not sure if your listeners will know much about them. If you are in it, you're in it. If you're not, you don't know anything about it. I knew nothing about it. I've managed about nine posts so far, and I need to pull my finger out and get a bit more active. Brilliant. So it's really interesting, sort of the learning curve I'm having since I've set up my own business, and I'm sort of I know that I'm perimenopausal. I know that I still have flushes. I know I still have brain freeze or brain fog. Um, so I'm sort of I'm I'm kind of throwing myself into the menopause, I guess. I'm bringing my HRT, so I'm dealing with it, but it still pops up every now and again, and I'm absolutely fine with that. It feels really liberating to be able to say to people that I'm talking to, give me a minute, I'm just, you know, you know I'm perimenopausal, I just need to you know, readjust myself. Can you say that again? <laughs> Brilliant. And it, having the confidence to say that. Absolutely, yeah. And I think because the more I've done, I've done so much reading around menopause, um, and all of my friends were, well, the last bunch of my friends were actually going through perimenopausal, you know, but hadn't actually spoken to each other about it. Now it's pretty much the only conversation we have when we get together. <laughs> How's your flushes? How's your night sweats? What, what stupid things have you put in the freezer recently? <laughs> I love it. I, you, you said something earlier, and it, it really um, just brought something up for me. It's, it, it's so interesting because I haven't really heard that before where, you know, two women who are, perimenopausal and they don't know it are yeah. working with each other and yeah. having problems with each other and they mm. don't know why so that that could mm. be happening quite a lot around the country and people aren't aware of it so you could be having <laughs> issues with your boss and they that for reasons that you have no idea and that that's something just to be aware of I guess isn't it if, if yeah you're women in your 40s absolutely and we were both roughly the same age and we're both like nice people good communicators except we would we'd have conversations. I'd say, why aren't we communicating? How are we not communicating? And she was saying, I don't know, Amanda. You're writing it down, but you're writing down the wrong thing. I said, no, I'm writing it down and you're misremembering. And then we'd go all over again. And that, So it was just a bit chaotic, really. Um, yes. so I, do, I do think that's probably happening a lot. Yeah. There's so women out there that don't know they're menopausal until they're really experiencing a few good few symptoms. Yes, and it's only looking back that you you see it. But I yeah. guess there, if anyone's listening, is 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 get everybody to write it down. And and I think also um, it would be quite interesting just to find out what happened because you went to the doctor and they said um, to go on evening primrose oil. But then, yeah. how did you end up going on HRT? Did they eventually recognise that that was what you needed, or were there <laughs> other steps? Yeah, so what happened there is I spoke to one of my friends, stroke neighbours, and said, you're on HRT, aren't you? I said, And she said, yes. I said, how did you get on it? She said, well, my doctor wouldn't give it to me either, so I went to a private clinic. And I said, was that expensive? She said, it is, like, it's more money than you'd pay in the NHS. She said, but it's well worth it because my brain seems to be working again. And this lady was in the public sector, client, sort of like colour I'm facing, so that was a big deal. So I actually went to the, the specialist. They started me on a certain level of things. And then they said, basically, six months time, I did another, a blood test and they tweaked it. And then they said, take this recommendation to your doctor. So I went to my doctor and said, this is what my specialist I've been working with for six months recommends. And he just said, fine, and wrote it all down. And I do get a little bit extra on the testosterone and the estrogen. But to be honest... It's crazy. I think they're just looking for someone to tell them what they need to do. All these GPs are so busy. They don't want to dish out things. They'd rather give women that have got, um, you know, sort of menopausal symptoms, antidepressants. Mm, I've also yeah. had friends that have said to the doctors, 
I don't want to be on antidepressants. I'm not depressed. And they, their reply was, oh, well, it'll be good for your mood swings. And she's like, wow. I didn't get mood swings. I'm getting hot flushes. Yeah. It was, yeah. It's, it's interesting because every doctor is a bit different, I think. But I really think that we, as consumers, need to demand that service from our doctor. But it takes a lot of courage to say to your doctor, that's not good enough. And I think there's a lot of women out there that just don't have that confidence, especially when they're going through perimenopause and, yeah. and heads all over the place. And they don't have confidence in themselves as it is. And you also need the knowledge. But I think yeah. I think a, a, if a doctor's surgery doesn't have a doctor who's had recent menopause training, I think that's where the difficulty comes in. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I'm going to push back on that a little bit because you, you can't tell me that they've not got women in their life that they don't they haven't seen experience. We're talking mothers, sisters, yeah, aunties. Unless you're living in a cocoon, then surely you've experienced someone with menopause. Yeah, just in terms of the NHS training, I know a lot yeah. of them go on um, training courses now. Yeah, but right. but, but yeah. then it, so when so he said no, or he she said no to start off with, and then when yeah. you went back with a prescription from a private clinic, he just yeah. then uh, was quite happy to write that prescription. Yeah, no questions at all. Just said, "What do you want?" Then what have you been advised? Interesting, yeah. and then. So you start off private and then once you once you've had that um consultation and you've had the prescription, you then go through with your doctor, is that right? So yeah, yeah, so I do get all of my meds from the NHS and hopefully now people know about the um HRT pre-prescription, the sort of cost that you can I think it's about twelve pounds and you can get a whole year's worth of um HR medication, HRT medication, HR medication. However, testosterone, which is the one thing I think affects the brain fog, um, isn't isn't perceived to be an HRT medication. So that's not on the um, prescription. So because I was on antidepressants, that's what my doctor gave me first of all, but I was also depressed. I have two prepaid prescriptions, one for HRT and one for everything else, including my right. testosterone. So it's a separate one for HRT, is it? Yeah, it is. yeah, it's like um, I think it's like twelve, fifteen pounds for the HRT and a hundred pounds for the normal one. And and then in terms of the symptoms that you had, so you had brain fog and you had hot flushes. What else did you experience? Well, it's only when I asked my friends this. So part of my coaching was um, I had to ask my friends how I'd been in the last year, and and I've got quite. I mean, I'm quite a strong woman. I have quite strong friends that usually don't hold back. But I think this is quite a delicate subject. So actually, the general theme was I was having quite severe mood swings. And mm. I just thought my empathy had dried up. And I wasn't asking them about themselves anymore. So that was something that I had been completely unaware of. Then as soon as I was aware of it, then you make an effort, don't you? They're your friends. So you're saying, how are you? What have you been up to? But you kind of, because you're wrapped up in your own little HRT world and menopause world and everything's going on, Sometimes I think you forget that you need to still invest in your friends. You still need to be there for them. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, yeah and, and they for you because you're a lifeline yeah. for each other, aren't absolutely. you? And a, and a knowledge um, source because you can help each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and a weird thing was during COVID, um, one of my, well, before COVID, one of my friends had been diagnosed by one of these online things as um what was it called um face blindness have you heard of this yeah yeah okay so I was watching tv and I thought all the actors were new because I couldn't recognize their faces 
So I did a test and I was actually, um, I did one of these online things with this. It's, it's not part of the medical encyclopedia there, but there's a lot of research going on. So I do think it is a condition. However, turns out that I know a couple of women that were perimenopausal that experienced the same thing. But actually, when they went through menopause, it, it stopped. So that, I think it's all to do with cognitive ability, isn't it? Like, you get forgetful, you stop, you, you kind of forget faces as well. Yeah, I mean, I've, I hadn't heard of it before um, starting the podcast, but yeah. since speaking to women, it, it has come up and it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's crazy. The impact it has. Yeah, yeah. We just, and it's like, there's stuff comes up all the time that you just wouldn't even think of. I think yes, yeah. I mean, the list of symptoms, and I think that's mm-hmm. why probably certainly women who are, you know, probably now postmenopausal didn't realise for quite a long time what was happening to them because the list of symptoms was hot flushes, it was low libido, it was yeah. uh, maybe rages, yeah, and, yeah. and and if you didn't get those, because not everyone gets those mm-hmm. headlines, mm-hmm. Then, then all the other things that happen were so subtle to start off with that. Mm. It was a bit like a frog in, in um, you know, when you start boiling a frog, well, not when you do, but that expression. I think that the, the changes are so subtle that you didn't realise till after the event what was actually happening to you. And it could be a good couple of years. Certainly it was with me. And um, that's when you realise, wow, that's what's happening to me. But and sometimes, sorry, sometimes I think that you don't actually acknowledge that the symptoms happened. Because I remember being around a friend's house um, sort of like a year or so ago. And because I'm now doing all of this, like menopause is a really common subject for me to discuss with people. And um, I've known these people for a long time. And her mum was talking about the fact that she'd, she'd never experienced any symptoms and the dad just looked at me frantically nodding behind her and I burst out laughing. I said, what, you know, what do you mean? And he said, you had mood swings, you, you lost things regularly, you definitely had symptoms. But because you come out of it the other end, I think you just kind of gloss over it as well. Yes, and I think um, if you weren't talking about it with your friends, then you... Yeah, you just got on with it, and absolutely, yeah, you just got on with it, and didn't have. It probably was very difficult at the time, and didn't know what was going on. But you can forget that as you get older. You can just put it behind yeah. you, and yeah, no, that that's that's interesting. The husband was nodding, yeah, frantically nodding as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's lovely what you're doing in terms of you know you're now being a a, a coach for women going through the same thing because Mm. it's so what we don't appreciate is how much knowledge we have when we go through an experience yeah and uh, so what what sort of thing are you doing with your clients well I'm like I'm a life and career coach because I've been in HR for so long I want to utilize some of that and actually because of the type of women that I'm coaching they are that age where they're quite senior and they're just losing all their confidence when they're having these you know, sort of symptoms. I think as you get older, generally you become a little bit invisible. Um, and these are women that used to be on the ball. I can they're now sort of wobbling around on the ball, not just you know sort of doing things. So what I'm finding is I, I do the whole piece. I do career as well as you know relationships and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And I think the crux of what I do is dealing with people's negative self beliefs. You're dealing with people that when you talk to them, their histories are amazing. They've achieved so much, but they just feel that they're not worthy anymore. You know, they're not valid anymore. 
And I think it's about giving them back that confidence and helping them. They know what they want to achieve. They just don't think it's possible. When you start talking to them, I think it's 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 realizing that, that what they want, they can achieve. They just have to go for it. Wonderful. So, yeah. I'm coming. I'm coming to the end of um, a couple of them, and the transformation in these women. It's it's such a great job. I'm so loving what I'm doing right now. They're so much happier than they were three months ago, and it just gives you. And all I've done really is challenge their negative self beliefs and ask them questions. So it's not rocket science, and it's Fantastic. just amazing how yeah. much. How much we know that we have in ourselves, but it gets quashed, I think, during menopause. During yeah, I think it gets a bit lost, and and, yeah. and we lose our way. And that, I mean, women are very prone to imposter syndrome anyway. Mm-hmm. But I think in midlife, it comes. Uh, I, I don't know. It comes as part of the package. We we we, we seem it seems to go on steroids, the uh, yeah. imposter syndrome. And then if you've got a high profile job and yeah. you're becoming a bit forgetful, and then you just it's almost like a self fulfilling prophecy. Oh, I knew mm. I wasn't up to it, and yeah, no. And yeah, some of these women, some of these women are, are very high achievers and haven't even got an HRT because they haven't have thought they haven't thought they'd needed it. I think it's only when you. I, these aren't women that are talking about menopause regularly because they're in quite male-dominated environments. So it's not the sort of thing you discuss at work. You know, you, you're not as as that fifty-year-old head of finance. You're not going to be pushing for a menopause policy. That's not what the the image that you want to portray, is it? So it's really tough to navigate that. I think. But I would push back a little bit on that because it's not that you'd be pushing for a policy. But I think when we get to the stage where a head of finance can say. What you said earlier, you know, I'm just having a moment. This is not one of my good days. Bear with me. And, you know, so being having the none of us feeling embarrassed to say to anybody, be it the yeah. CEO, be it the yeah, be it be, be it anybody, that we're just having a moment because yeah. until we get to that stage, we won't get forward enough to be able to for everyone to be comfortable with it because men experience it as you said earlier you know at home you experience it it, it affects everybody so yeah. hopefully everybody in the future will feel comfortable speaking to anybody about it because it's a natural process and we're all affected by it and all you need yeah. is a little bit of understanding you don't need a policy and i think you you know what you alluded to earlier is right you know people companies write these policies and they sit in a in a I don't know where policies sit. They sit in a, a website somewhere. In a <laughs> website somewhere, and they probably uh, they've they've ticked a box somewhere that the, right. they've done a menopause policy. But whether they follow to the letter those policies, yeah. w- women don't need policies. They just need understanding mm-hmm. and allowances at work for sometimes when the day that that day isn't going as well because of whatever symptom they're suffering yeah. that day. Yeah, and I, I think, don't think we're there yet. However. No. Now I'm having a, a moment. Um, there was something that I read a couple of weeks ago, and it was tied to the public sector. I think it might have been the NHS, where there was a thing about bringing in a menopause policy and making it HR's responsibility that was then devolved down and trained in the managers. Because what happens is managers don't, just aren't trained in that. And I think once we get that attitude of, yeah, this is what, how we want to be as an organisation, but it can't sit with the leadership and the HR team. You've got to get everybody else involved as well. So if we, and I think that's kind of comes from the generation Z wanting more work balance and wanting to be treated at work. You know, there's so much pressure on managers these days 
to be completely different, to listen to everybody, to give everybody a voice. It's absolutely, you know, sort of completely different from how management was 20 years ago. And I think HR, I think HRT and the menopause is sort of leading that change, I do, because it's such a high profile thing at the moment. And these women that are experiencing it are major talent in these organisations. So people don't want to lose them. No, and the government policy is trying to retain people in their 50s at work, isn't it? So you you can't do that unless there is some sort of shift into an understanding of what happens at that stage in life for certain women, not for all women, but for certain women. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't think you need to make huge adjustments. It's very slight adjustments that will make everyone's life easier. That's ridiculous. It's like giving someone flexible working so they can be at home a bit more if that. Or, or, you know, reducing their workload slightly, putting in fans and comfortable chairs. And I, I, was, I, I remember one organisation was looking at doing nap rooms. It wasn't for menopausal women, but I thought, bang on, that's exactly what you need to do. <laughs> nap room, brilliant. So in your time at HR, did you, were you involved? I know the last role you said you were involved in writing policies, but you were you involved in the, the sort of on-the-ground realities of putting forward you know nap rooms or um yeah yeah so I did have one um example of when a woman was really struggling and she was like mid-senior management and we ended up trialing a job share with her um just for a set period of time um she what she did talk to me about we got fans you know she'd come in later and earlier because of the tubes being on the busy tubes but it was a case of talking to her as an individual of what will work for you. What do you want to happen? And I think that's that's the important thing. We are all so different. And it was really small. I mean, if you do a job, sorry, if you do a job share, it's sort of a win-win. You've got all of your work covered 24-7. Because when that person goes on holiday, the other person steps up and vice versa. So it's a good solution. It works for that business. And the small adjustments we made really helped her feel like she was a pivotal part of the organisation. And it literally was just buying a few fans, basically. So And it retained her and made her yeah. feel valued. And would, that would have been good for the company as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, I'm not there anymore, but I think like sort of now would be the time where she would decide if she wanted to come back full-time or not. So yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, And that, is there anything that you wish you'd known Um at an earlier stage or what you would recommend to the listeners that would be useful for them I think it's a bit different now because I think five years ago we weren't having these conversations we didn't know people were not talking about this we didn't talk about it with our mothers um well most of us I don't think did um so I think we're in a situation now with neurodiversity one of the one of the um training sessions I did was neurodiversity for coaching and and menopause fell into that it was really interesting and because we do think differently when we're going through these periods of our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think because the way that the organisations tend to be going is that we're focusing on individuals and asking them what they want. So I think we're in a different situation these days. I don't think you necessarily, I'm hoping that we're no longer in a position where you have to go and talk to somebody and say, I want these. You can say to somebody, I'm experiencing this. What can we do together? You know, what would work for you and me? So. Yeah. And yeah, I, again, I do think that takes confidence to have that. But I think that people much people are much more communicative these days, much more open to their weaknesses. This isn't a weakness, but you know what I mean. 
Like, I'm not as good at my job at the moment as I was five years ago, but I'll get better again. But right now I'm having a little bit of a wobble. How can, how can we work that out? Yeah. Yeah, to everyone's benefit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. That is true, actually. And, and that, it can only get better, can't it? Just all the conversations that are had. That, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that's been wonderful. How, now, um, Amanda, how can people get in touch with you if they want to? Um, oh, yeah, sure. So I'm on Instagram uh, as pauseandempower.com. That's my website as well. And right. Amanda Connolly, C-O-N-N-O-L-L-Y, um, on LinkedIn. So okay. if anyone wants to drop, drop me a line, then I'm certainly, I'm more than happy to give anybody that needs it sort of an initial session to see if coaching is the right thing for them. I don't want to push this on anybody, you know. It's it's really, the whole point of coaching is that you drive that relationship. It's what you're doing that makes it and you've got to be in the right position to do it in. But I'm more yeah. than happy to have conversations with people. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I think that thank would be very know. useful to everybody. And um, thank you so much for joining us on Menopause Buddies today. Thank you very much for inviting me. And good luck with the podcast, Danny. I hope it absolutely blows everybody out of the water. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. Take care. Okay, bye. bye. I hope you enjoyed the episode of Menopause Buddies. If you'd like to take part in the podcast, please email me on Annie at menopausebuddies.co.uk.